0: Chapter 14 Madagascar What do you think you're doing? Dr. Matlock appeared from nowhere in her room. Polly was sniffing at a bottle of something called Royal Jelly, trying to identify its intended purpose. It certainly wasn't edible, she learned to her dismay. Oh, um, I'm running a bath, answered Polly, gesturing to the bathroom door where she was indeed running a bath. For a brief moment, Polly thought Dr. Matlock might spontaneously combust as her lips tightened and a small vein in her temple began visibly pulsating. "'This isn't a hotel. You're not on holiday,' she snapped. "'I'm sorry,' said Polly, not sure what she was apologizing for. Perhaps she was late for breakfast. "'What time is breakfast?' she inquired. "'You have fifteen minutes until we resume questioning.' Dr. Matlock stalked out. Polly's unfathomable guilt made her cross. Why put her in a room with a bath if she wasn't supposed to use it? She sank into the soothing hot water. Her mind let go of all the whizzing thoughts. Minutes passed as she watched the bubbles rise and fall over her tummy. Logically, now her thoughts over the next few days began to reorder themselves first meeting Donald and him arriving on her doorstep. She played out the scene in her head, trying to remember what she'd said and what he'd said. She was alarmed to find herself altering her memories to invite him inside instead. On reflection, he took on a new, different quality. She found it exciting thinking about him. Her mind wandered on into the fantasy. He was leaning towards her, telling her that she was beautiful when she was suddenly jolted from her thoughts by scalding her big toe on the hot tap. Bert lurched his ugly head into her thoughts. He'd turned up out of the blue. She knew something wasn't right. Why had he come back after all this time? He'd not explained himself at all. It was frustrating that she hadn't asked him directly. They'd had time, lots of chances, but she hadn't. She thought back to him talking about Janet and the house he'd taken her to in Stockwell. It suddenly dawned on her that that flat didn't seem to belong to him. Now she realized it looked ransacked and those books were not his books. They had stayed in someone else's house, of that she was sure. The creeping sickness stole over her again as she remembered Dr. Matlock's words. He had killed innocent people and he is leading a crusade. What had he done? Try as hard as she could, Polly couldn't associate these actions with the Bert she knew, the one who had put a washing-up bowl on his head as a kid, the one who drew her a picture of a spaceship for her sixth birthday. She separated the two Berts, good Bert and evil Bert. That made it easier, a childlike notion to explain away the murders. Polly was no longer a child. Somewhere along the way, Bert had committed awful crimes and was seemingly hell-bent to commit more. Polly had always been the one to play the stupid role, the one who forgot everything and was silly. He'd taken that away from her now. Bert was the thinker, the educator, the traveler. She recalled the look on his face just twelve hours ago. Smug, that was it. He was proud of himself and thought he was so clever. Polly sat up and splashed water over herself. Dressed and anxious, Polly stood to wait with Mr. Luke Smith. He didn't make any attempt to engage with her. Robotic in his actions, he escorted her into a windowless, small, diamond-shaped room. Dr. Matlock and Dr. Cardalp entered, without Bert this time. They looked serious, in the way balloons aren't. Answering the same questions from the day before, she explained Donald arriving at her door. The code she was given, trying to find him, Tony the taxi driver's help, Bert turning up, going to the pub, the ransacked house, the TV appeal, everything. And is there anything at all that you can think of that might have happened or something extraordinary? asked Dr. Cardalp again. Aside from an alien turning up at my house? Giving me a secret code and disappearing? Has anything else extraordinary happened? Asked Polly sarcastically. All this was lost on Andreas Cardulp, who wasn't big on sarcasm. Yes, can you remember anything else? He repeated. Can I get anyone a drink? A young, keen-looking man popped his head around the door. Get out. Dr. Matlock's voice was ice. She didn't shout, she almost hissed. Cardolp's heart filled with glee. Simon, you were under strict instructions not to enter this room. We will have words. He said, barely able to contain his delight in the young man's error. Oh, sorry. It's just when you said to pop in now and then see if we need anything, I thought that's what you wanted me to do. My apologies for the misunderstanding, said Simon light-heartedly beaming at them all with a lovely smile. Dr. Matlock's eyes flickered over to Cardolp, who was silently and brutally murdering the young officer in his mind. Not taking her eyes off Cardolp, she changed tone. Coffee for me, Simon. Black, please. Miss Fairwald? I would love a cup of tea. Polly beamed back at Simon, grateful for a reprieve. Do you take milk? he asked. Yes, please. Who the hell drinks black tea? She thought inwardly. This Simon kid was not a full set of picnic sandwiches after all. Ah, that's a shame. We're out of milk. I can go and get some. Polly wasn't sure how to answer that question. Tea with milk, Simon. Go now. Dr. Matlock turned her back on the lad, who nodded and pottered off, whistling to himself. A familiar jingle took over Polly. It was at least a minute before she realized it wasn't a jingle, but a memory rising to the top of her brain. Madagascar, she said out loud. It was the first time that Dr. Matlock looked genuinely puzzled. The garage! I've just remembered! It's probably not important at all, but something odd did happen shortly after Bert turned up. I'd run out of milk. No, actually, that's not true. I never have milk because I always forget to buy it, and... Polly? It was the first time Dr. Matlock had used her first name when addressing her. "'Please get on with it. I don't need to know why you don't have milk.' "'Righty-ho. So, yes, as I was saying, I needed to get milk and went out to get some. There's this garage near my house. Well, at least I think it might be a garage. And it's got a neon sign outside saying Madagascar. While I was walking back, there was a strange man with a big red beard.' She stopped talking as both Dr. Matlock, Dr. Cardolp, and Luke Smith all seemed to be staring at her intently. Go on, please, Polly. Did you speak to him? Dr. Matlock asked levelly. Yes, I did. I said something and he said nothing. He stopped talking to you? Cardolp paused momentarily from furiously taking notes. No, he said nothing. Those were the words he used. I think he then said something like, We didn't expect you, or we weren't expecting you so soon. Polly tried hard to remember his exact words. "Mm, Well, what did you do? Cardop asked. Oh, I ran away. It seemed the bravest thing to do, said Polly. Can you explain to us exactly what this man looked like? Dr. Matlock asked. I think so, but it was pretty brief. He was very tall, with a massive red beard and a bald head. I think that made his beard look bigger. It was enormous. Polly was trying to demonstrate the size of the beard with her hands. That's him. I'll pick him up, said Luke Smith, getting up without hesitation. Yes, but be careful, Smith. I don't want you or him to end up dead, Dr. Matlock instructed, momentarily forgetting Polly was still in the room. Her eyes met Polly to see if the comment had registered. That's who? Who's him? It was Polly's turn to look confused. All three of them ignored her, picked up their things, and left Polly in the room. The door opened a minute later, but it was only Simon with her tea. All attempts to get information from him were useless. He did, however, give her a good update on the milk situation. He left her miserably sniffing at her black tea with a lemony hint.